0: We say that getting in shape is hard, but no one told you about the struggle. It's time for you to get healthy, but business and family make life complicated. Discover all the high-performance secrets that founders and busy entrepreneurs use to ensure they stay fit and lean, no matter how busy they get. This podcast is a reminder to use those secrets, which make getting in shape easy and stress-free while doing it in a way that fits your busy lifestyle and ultimately this will make you a better performer at work and home you're listening to the high performance founder with your host dan go
1: all right all right all right welcome back to the podcast and i am here in beautiful mexico still i have one more week left in mexico and i my family, my wife and daughter, are not here with me, and it's been about a week and a half. If I'm being completely honest, I do miss them greatly. It's, it's so funny. Everybody, every one of my friends I talk to, they are saying, Oh, Dan, you're living the bachelor lifestyle now. And, uh, and you know what? I got to be honest with you. Living the bachelor lifestyle, not that fun. You know, Even though you have uh, all this freedom, I'm getting so much work done. I'm creating, I'm waking up whenever I want. I'm going surfing twice a day. Uh, regardless of all that stuff, I will tell you that living and being with my family is much more fun, fulfilling, and I'd rather do that than have all this freedom to myself. And I may be sounding like a little simpy right now, but it's the truth, I tell you. So today... I want to talk to you about nighttime eating and the fact uh, that a lot of people actually suffer from overeating their calories at night. And I suffered from this as well. I used to skip my breakfast and then when it came to the nighttime, I would uh, eat my dinner and then I would have to feel like after dinner, I'd need to have something else to eat. I need to have a snack or a treat. And once I ate that treat, then it would lead into more treats. It would lead into more uncontrollable nighttime eating. It would actually lead to scoops of peanut butter uh, going into my hands and going into my mouth subsequently. And it wasn't until I started to really research this and to really look at everything that I was doing that uh, I started to realize that there are a couple of triggers that happen that cause people to overeat when it comes to the nighttime. All right. So if you suffer from this, this is definitely a great podcast to listen to. And I want to divide nighttime eating between two different responses. So you have a physical response, and you have an emotional response. And I'm going to go through the physical response first. So what causes nighttime eating is a couple of physical responses. One of them could be not eating enough throughout the entire day. So it looks like uh, for a lot of people, they may skip breakfast or maybe they eat breakfast and then they skip lunch, they skip a meal, and they're so busy they forget to eat. And then when it comes to night, they end up eating their dinner and then they feel like they have to eat again. So not eating enough or skipping meals is one of the first triggers to uncontrollable nighttime eating. And I did allude to this just earlier is the fact that sometimes with some people skipping breakfast is a stress and it's a stress that they're incurring on top of all of the other stresses that they are facing in their business and all of the anxiety, it all piles up. What people don't realize is that not eating in the beginning of the day is a stress and what causes this, or actually what happens with the stress is the stress compiles to the end of the day to the point where they're using food to numb out the stress that they faced uh, that was exasperated by the fact that they skipped breakfast. So the other part to this is the quality of the foods that you put into your body. If you're eating processed foods or palatable foods every single meal, what's going to happen is is that your body is going to crave the taste of these hyperpalatable meals. There are literally scientists in labs that are researching how to make their foods as addictive as humanly possible. This is all by design. Food companies are designed for profit. They're not designed for health. So if you are eating low-quality sources of food, that are hyper-palatable, and when I say hyper-palatable, I just mean that they're tasty, and your taste buds have evolved to eating these hyper-palatable foods and not to eating, say, whole food sources like broccoli, meat, carrots, beef, chicken, or whatever, then you you are going to want to eat. You have this addiction towards eating. And, of course, that's going to be exasperated at the end of the night if you do face a lot of stress throughout the day. So those are the physical components to... What happens when people are not able to control their food at the end of the day and not or actually not able to control their eating at the end of the day. Now, there's an emotional component to this. I did talk about stress. And if you own a business and you live a fairly high stress life, which I'm going to assume if you own a business, it is fairly high stress unless you own a lifestyle business where you're not doing anything and you're working a four-hour work week. I don't know a lot of people doing that. Uh, I don't hang around a lot of people doing that. You know, All the people I hang around are high achievers, and uh, these are people that uh, have humongous goals. And along with setting these humongous goals, there is a lot of stress that comes along with that. So there is a high-stress component to eating your emotions and when you eat your emotions especially when it comes to stress what you have to realize is that you are numbing the emotion using food and you may realize that or maybe you don't realize that but that is essentially what you're trying to do there is also a component of anxiety and again if you are a high achiever and you're trying to achieve uh, big things in life and sometimes if you are predisposed to having high levels of anxiety, you could use food or even drink or even drugs to numb out the emotion of anxiety, to not feel this. But what happens as a, as a result? When you do it, the anxiety just comes back. It actually comes back even stronger. Uh, what happens when you try to numb out stress with food or drink or drugs? it just comes back even harder. It just comes back to rear its ugly head. And then there's the component of boredom where you're just idle, you're twiddling your thumbs and you just want to do something to pass the time. And uh, boredom can sometimes be a precursor to anxiety because when you're bored, you have to start thinking. And then when you're not busy, that's when all these thoughts come in. And then that's when you want to start eating food in order to numb out these thoughts from actually happening and to, increase or to stimulate these reward centers that allow you to feel the way that you want to feel by using a substance, aka food, to make it happen. So what are the ways in which we can get over these triggers and get over these things that cause us to eat? Well, number one, you have to identify what that trigger is for you. And you have to understand that triggers can be multifactorial. Like a lot, this is actually something that does uh annoy me a little bit especially because i'm on twitter and you know you see it and twitter is very absolute it's very black and white it's not a very it's not a very nuanced channel so people will be like the number one cause of obesity is this and the number one reason why people do it is this when the reason is is that it's, it's very multifactorial multifactorial and you have to understand that so ask yourself what triggers do you have towards nighttime eating with the ones that I just, uh, listed out, or maybe the ones that I haven't listed out. What are your triggers? What causes you to eat? So I'll tell you from my experience when dealing with this particular problem, uh, I'll tell you, uh, a story from one of my clients. One of my clients loves to fast and he just says that it works for him and, and. There's a lot of people who actually say that they're like, I love, you know, I just don't feel like eating in the morning and I, it just, fasting just works for me. So I ask them, how is fasting working for you when you can't control your eating at night? How exactly is it working for you in that case? And then they'll rationalize. But the thing is, is that people just hold on to this idea that this diet works for them when the results are not necessarily showing. So you have to be honest with yourself. So I have this client who says, oh, I love to fast and, uh, you know, I need to fast for, for you know, my insulin levels and, and all this kind of stuff. It just works for me. And I told him, I was like, okay, well, let's do a little bit of a test right here. Okay? Let's, uh, let's actually, you can still fast, but let's fast in a little bit of a different way. Uh, we're going to fast by, number one, uh, eating your first meal within one hour of waking. You're going to have breakfast. And you're going to put yourself on a regular meal schedule. You're going to eat lunch, and you're also going to eat dinner. And let's actually start your fast at the end of dinner. And we did this for about a week. And it ended up that, uh, number one, he felt less stress during the day as a result of eating breakfast first thing in the morning. And this is not a surprise to me because fasting especially like skipping your breakfast is a stress to a lot of people right and then people don't realize that because they end up feeling the stress at the end of the day so number one is he felt less stress number two is he felt like he didn't have to eat at the end of the night he felt like he had enough appetite where where actually he felt full enough and he felt satisfied enough where he didn't feel like he had to eat at the end of the night
0: Are you enjoying the show thus far? We go through so many resources and links with the podcast, it's tough to keep up. I get it. That's why Dan and the rest of the team put together the High Performance 7. It's a free online course that helps entrepreneurs get lean, build muscle, and increase energy in a way that fits their lifestyle. We go over things like how to burn fat like a 20-year-old, the lazy man's way to building muscle, the 10-minute Superman system the lead domino that makes all other things easy, and so much more. The best part? As a valued listener of the show, you can access the High Performance 7 100% free of charge. That's right, for simply being awesome and tuning in. To get full access, all you have to do is go to www.highperformance7.com. It's high performance, all spelled out, and the number 7.com and fill out the short form there for us to give you full access. Once again, www.highperformance7.com. Now back to the show.
1: So this is an example of a physical way in which we, uh, uh, something physical that we changed in his, in his plan that started to blunt his appetite at the end of the night. So With the physical aspect of things, you could try a couple of things to modify and blunt your appetite when it comes to the end of the night. So number one is eat breakfast, all right? Eat breakfast within one hour upon waking, Uh, especially if you are a high-stress individual. Instead of, say, fasting in the beginning of the day, try fasting at the end of the night. And if you are one of those people who are like, well, I just don't like eating breakfast. I don't feel like I'm hungry. Well, I'll tell you right now, no one necessarily feels like they're hungry in the beginning of the day unless you trained yourself enough times to eat breakfast, right? Like no one actually has that need. But the thing about appetite is, is that you don't eat when you're hungry. You eat before hunger hits. Once you feel hungry, that's actually too late. That's actually too late to eat. You know, that's what, that's actually what messes a lot of people up. So if you are feeling that you have uncontrollable nighttime eating, start By testing out breakfast and having your fast start at the end of your final meal, which is dinner. Number two, have a regular schedule of meals that you eat and don't skip meals. Do this for about like seven days and see what happens to your nighttime eating. Because a lot of times people will skip meals and then what's going to happen is is that once they skip a meal, they're going to get to the nighttime, they're going to eat their dinner, then they're going to think that they have enough Let's just say calories are enough, uh, yeah, you know, they haven't eaten enough, then they're gonna eat another meal. And again, that just leads to uncontrollable eating at night. All right, so have a regular schedule, don't skip meals. And the other thing that you would want to do is modify your uh food to be of higher quality sources. Now, when I say higher quality sources or when I say sources that are nutrient dense, what do I mean? I mean that any food that uh you're great great grandmother had access to those are probably the foods that you should be putting into your body on a regular basis does this mean that you can't have the odd ice cream or chip or whatever it is it doesn't mean that whatsoever but it does mean that 80 to 90 percent of your total caloric intake should come from nutrient dense sources or foods that your great 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 grandmother would have access to all right now let's get to the emotional side of things. And again, physical and emotional, these two things go hand in hand with each other. So if you are feeling a good amount of stress, obviously, you want to blunt that by mitigating it with your meals in the beginning of the day, because not eating is a stress in and of itself. But also, you want to target the emotional trigger that causes you to eat in the first place. This takes some introspection. So... What is it that causes your nighttime eating? Is it stress? Is it anxiety? Is it boredom, which turns to anxiety? Is it uh, happiness? Uh, For one of my clients, he uh, admitted to me that uh, he could not uh, stop himself from eating at night because, and we dug enough around this area where he came up with the idea or the term entitlement. And he said, hey, I just had a hard day and I just had, and I just like pushed my business, and I pushed it forward, and I did so much work that I'm entitled to eat food, or eat whatever food I want. It's a reward for me, right? So that could be it as well. It could be an entitlement, could be using food as a reward for the work that you did, or for the hard day that you have. And that's actually something where you want to read trigger your reward centers to something that's a little bit healthier than just eating food. So target what that trigger is for you. What is that emotional trigger? And that takes some introspection and you have to journal that out and you have to get real about it and you have to be honest with yourself and get to the root of the issue. One other thing that you want to do emotionally is ask yourself, okay, so why do I turn to food when I feel this emotional trigger? And the Process of this is one where you are going to uh, do what I call like the five whys. Okay. So why did I do that? Why am I doing that? And you keep on asking yourself why every single time to get to the root of why you actually do what you do. And this takes some journaling. And and I say with every single issue and area of your life, if you don't get to the root of the cause, then all you're going to do is just mask the symptom with some stupid ass rule and you are going to go through this problem over and over and over again until you fix the root. Because willpower only lasts you so long, you need to get to the root causes, right? So find out those triggers and then get to the root of those triggers. And then afterwards, make peace with those triggers. What exactly would you want to do as a re- as a reaction to these triggers the next time that it comes up? A number of things that you could do that I've done with my own clients is, uh, number one, after they're done work, they do a set of breath work, or they do some meditation, or they work out. They do something in which to mitigate the stress or anxiety, and one of the best ways to do that is to get out of your mind and into your body, right? So this is uh, one of the things I've actually seen with one of my clients where, after he is done work, he would actually go to the bar and he would go to the bar and he would drink alcohol and he would do that because he needed to get back down to neutral and calm himself down before he gets home and before he has to deal with his kids and all that kind of stuff. And, and one of the things that we said is, okay, so why don't we just work out after work? Let's replace the bar with going to the gym. And let's get some physical activity going. You're going to spend about 45 minutes there anyway. So why not take that 45 minutes and do something healthy for your body? And we did that. And that was an effective way for him to mitigate his stress that didn't have him going into alcohol behaviors. So, yes. So find ways to mitigate whatever those emotions are. Well, first of all, find out what that emotion is. Get to the trigger. Then find ways to mitigate that emotion. The next thing is is to set up your environment to win which is to say that you, where, where does this happen? Most does it happen on your couch? Does it happen when you have to do work after uh, dinner is over? Where exactly does this come up the most for you? And what can you do in your environment to set you up for success instead of failure? It could be getting rid of the foods and putting them in the cupboard. So you don't even see them. It could be, uh, it could be something that we do with our clients. We, set, we basically said, hey, if I'm on the couch, if I'm in my bed, I'm not bringing food there. <laughs> okay, That's a big rule. Uh, it could be going to an entirely different room where it's not beside the kitchen. But you have to set up your environment for you to win. And one of the things I learned from James Clear, uh, author of Atomic Habits, he's actually a friend of mine, and a little, a little, uh, a little name drop in there. Um, but yeah, I love I James. He's cool. And the thing that he says is that environment is the invisible hand that, that I think is like the invisible hand that, uh, that sets your habits up to win. And I'm paraphrasing, but environment is about 80% of whether or not you'll be able to uh, follow through on the habits and the actions that you need to take. The ones that are actually going to keep you healthy. So, how are you setting up your environment to win? And one of the other things you can do in this uh, idea uh, or in this uh, world that we live in of pure abundance, where we have as where we have as much food available to us as possible, is is to have artificial boundaries set up for you, which is to say, well, after dinner, I don't put any food in my body. Or it could be uh, you know making sure that you're eating a meal schedule and eating within the window of time. It could be uh, any kind of artificial trigger or artificial boundary that you set for yourself in this world of like food abundance. All right. So we are always one habit or system away from solving our biggest problems, especially when it comes to weight loss. And in this world where we can, we basically have food readily available to us 24 seven, we need to get to the root of the reasons why we overindulge. And we need to set up our lives in a way that help us mitigate these problems from happening. So whatever it is, you can figure it out. Once you give it the priority it deserves, but you're going to have to want it and you're going to have to want to change. And that is the crux of this. Uh, You can can throw as many rules as you want, but you're going to have to want to have this incredible desire to change this habit. And it has nothing to do with willpower. It has everything to do with the person that you ultimately want to become. So... I know that uh, you are a a person of growth and you actually are willing to do things that will make you a better person that will actually increase the amount of uh, self-mastery that you have in your life. And if this is one of those things, then focus on it, give it the attention it needs and take action on it. And um, that's all I have for you today. Uh, I'm going to spend another week right here in Mexico. I'm looking at the waves right now. They're calling my name. And I'm going to go out there, get some surfing, and then I will see you on the next podcast. Thank you very much for joining up. I really appreciate you. Have a good one.
0: If you're enjoying this podcast, please hit subscribe on whichever platform you're tuning in from. Help Dan and the rest of the team get the word out to more entrepreneurs like yourself and leave an honest review for the show. It would mean the world to us if you can help in those two ways. Dan reviews all the feedback on the show, so we can't wait to hear what you've got for us. This show is made for your benefit. So be sure to reach out if you have any ideas on topics that we can cover on the show or people we should interview. You're listening to the High Performance Founder Show. Thank you so much for tuning in. Until next time.